you know, you're thinking you're dying with the sheer like terror. It's hard to describe. What musician Brian Johnson is trying to describe is a panic attack, specifically a panic attack he had in the summer of 2015. Out of nowhere, it's like tunnel vision, kind of the world kind of went into a tunnel and I felt my arms go numb. I couldn't think straight and then I couldn't breathe. I just kept saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Brian Johnson is the senior worship pastor at Bethel Church and the co-founder of Bethel Music. He's been dealing with anxiety and panic attacks since he was a kid, and those experiences have brought him closer to Jesus. Brian is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Now, after Brian tells his story, Billy Graham will have a word to share about anxiety and worry. Historians will probably call this present era in the Western world that we're living in the age of anxiety. What we need to do is to get our eyes on Christ, idolize Him, worship Him. He will never fall nor fail. This gives life its balance, its security, and its peace. If you're feeling anxious today, Jesus Christ offers peace unlike anything you've ever felt. Would you like to know more about that? Well, you can get started at this website. The address is findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. I wanted to share an email we got that really humbled us here at GPS. It's from Deb. She said GPS has strengthened her to live for Christ. That is an answer to prayer because we pray that God will use each episode of GPS to minister to everyone who hears it. So thank you, Deb, for sharing how he has used it in your life. If you'd like to email us, just send it to gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. I grew up in church in a small town, Weaverville, California, 3,500 people. Didn't know any better, didn't know any other way. It was, it was honestly the best, you know. Growing up in that small town, Brian Johnson learned from his parents what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Brian's dad is Bill Johnson, and he is the senior pastor of Bethel Church, a megachurch in Redding, California. And my dad is very, very true and real and authentic. He's always been very honest. So we never had that religious stigma, you know, and they didn't care about the minor things in life. They cared about the major, you know, I always got disciplined on attitude versus action. So growing up in that house, it was actually just surreal and it was actually amazing. Brian was 18 when his dad accepted the senior pastor position at Bethel, but Brian's childhood wasn't perfect. In fact, by the time his family moved to Reading, he'd been struggling with something serious for years. But when I was seven, I had this thing happen, like, out of nowhere, this terror, chaos, terror, panic attack came on me. And from the time I was seven to 18, I slept in my parents' room almost every night because of the fear that I experienced. So even though I grew up in the church, and um, I, I mean, I gave my life to the Lord as a four-year-old, right? Like all PKs do. But I really went through a hard season of actually coming in contact with like the spirit realm, that kind of stuff. And this is where music becomes a vital part of Brian's story. You see, music helped him deal with his panic attacks. It was through worship. 
my dad taught me about the power worship. And so as a seven-year-old, I started learning about uh, kind of learning adult things, you know, spiritual warfare and things like that. And I learned about that worship and praise as just singing a song like, I love you, Lord, to God, would bring that peace and breakthrough. So that's really my story growing up. Brian had what he thought would be his last panic attack when he was 21. In the meantime, he'd gotten very involved in the music ministry at Bethel. I started leading worship in the youth group down here. They gave me a position as an intern, but also over the worship department for the youth group here. During that time, Brian got reconnected with a family friend named Jen. They started dating, and within just a few months, they were ready to tie the knot. We're like polar opposites, but it is the best thing. God stuck us together. There was, there's no getting around it. Jen and I got married when I was 22. We took over the worship position at Bethel Church. That was in the early 2000s. Today, Bethel Music has a worldwide reach with their record label, publishing division, live worship tours, and online worship training classes. And Brian co-wrote some songs that you may have heard a lot in church or on the radio over the past few years. Songs like One Thing Remains. No Longer Slaves. And Living Hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. It was hard work for the Johnsons to build up Bethel Music to where it is today, but Brian and Jen were sold out for the cause. We were trying to do something that was pretty intense, building a label, growing, you know, family, having a worship department. We had a lot of things, but I was always busy. My head was, is pretty much, I'm a dreamer, so it's in the clouds a lot of times. So we have four kids, Haley's 17, Taya's 13, Braden's 11, and Ryder Moses, who is almost two. He'll be two in June. And they're amazing. I mean, we traveled with them from day one on the plane, so my kids have been everywhere. Jen went into labor with two of our kids getting on a plane. It got home and had to get put on bed rest. Like, that's that was our life, you know? Touring, we were making albums. We were leading the church worship teams, which is like 130 people or something. Like, we were doing all that. And God was blessing their efforts, but Brian wasn't doing a great job of dealing with the stress that oftentimes comes along with success. There was a lot going on, and um, I'm the kind of like, just man up, you know, man up, handle it. But I think uh, after a while, you know, you learn the art of ignore, and the problem with ignoring is you're just stuffing down stuff. So I was stuffing down stuff instead of addressing it, right, and then making sure it was taken care of. And I think eventually I just, like a balloon, I just popped. There was just more than I could emotionally handle. That all came to a head in the summer of 2015. It was a warm, sunny afternoon, and Brian was hanging out at a river in Redding with his son, Braden. And here's what's crazy. Out of nowhere, he's, he's catching lizards, and I'm just watching him. And out of nowhere, it's like tunnel vision, kind of the world kind of went into a tunnel, and I felt my arms go numb. And I felt I couldn't really think straight, and then I couldn't breathe, and then I started having panic, and then it just set and came crashing. So I grabbed Braden and raced home. By the time I got home, I was in an all-out, um, you know, you're thinking you're dying. I think thinking I'm dying. It with the the sheer like terror. It's hard to describe. I know it's all you've got to just be strong. It's a fight just to keep it together 
Brian was having a severe panic attack. He managed to drive home and tell Jen that something was wrong. I'm pacing and I'm, I've got my hands in my face, kneeling by the window, looking outside. And of course, the kids are there. And I just kept saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I, I feel like I'm going crazy. You know what I mean? I can't breathe. And I guess it was hours, but she, it felt like five minutes. My parents are there. Our other friends of ours are there. A firefighter friend shows up and then the paramedics get there. It was just this crazy whirlwind, you know. They take me to the hospital and they do tests. And, of course, everything's fine, right? I don't have any heart problems. And, and it's just – it's just – but, you know, it wasn't just a panic attack. Like, I, I had a crash. So, like, the next day, like, something was different. Does that make sense? Like, it wasn't just a moment. Like, something was off. My ability to cope with anything was gone. It's like It's like my – my skin was removed and it was just raw, you know, like just that it emotionally. So I went in through a pretty intense season. For the next six months, Brian continued to struggle with panic attacks. He just wasn't able to get back to normal. I was trying everything I could to do normal again. I went on hunting trips. I did everything that I love to do and uh, none of it was working. And I finally, you know, get, you get so hammered, so broken down. You're, you're just like, I can't think of hell being worse, you know? You're in that kind of state. So I remember finally just quitting everything and just telling God, like, I just can't do this. But a breakthrough was just around the corner. Brian and Jen took a trip to Napa. And while they were there, Brian couldn't sleep. He was having bad chest pains. So the Johnsons decided to leave. On the drive home... She starts asking me questions and I'm having it. I'm like, can't hardly breathe. I'm having another thing. And she's asked like therapy, asking me questions. And she starts doing this thing where like God starts speaking to her different things about my life. And she's asking me questions. And I, by the way, I would answer. And, and she was like, I think you need to like forgive. I think you need to go after that thing. I think you need to. And so for two and a half hours, I had like this inner healing session, stuff I had no idea about. Right. Even though I was still feeling the same anxiety I, it was the first time where i had like hope oh my gosh i can get through this and part of that drive it's like the holy spirit like was really heavy on me in um when i get home i'm going to start getting up every morning and i'm going to read and i'm going to read the bible different and and i had this thought how would you approach god and the word if you were on a deserted island for the rest of your life and there was nobody else What Brian meant was that he was going to start reading the Bible from a relational perspective, not because he was a pastor, not because it was what he was supposed to do, but because he really wanted to have a deeper and a fuller relationship with Jesus. Sometimes I'd read the same verse for an hour over and over because I wasn't in a rush. I would just focus. And what started happening literally day one what I read is exactly what I needed for that specific day. And then the next day would happen and I get up to read. And so it's like every day of this, is, it was like a new discovery. And in the meantime, it felt like even though that stuff, anxiety was still there, it felt like I had enough strength to cope. It's like my head was above the water for the first time. Brian still has struggled with anxiety, but now he knows he has to turn to Jesus in those moments of panic. He holds my life together in every way. He is the answer for all of life's problems. 
there is a peace that passes all understanding. Like that's a real thing. <laughs> you know, like it, it, there's moments where like, I feel so much peace and I have no idea why, but it's crazy. It's like euphoria. That is a real thing. And then and it all, it all stems and it's all connected to that word called worship, which is like surrender. And I think part of our surrender is just that knowing God is God and I'm not. For we trust in our God And through His unfailing love We will not be shaken We will not be shaken We will not be shaken Today, Brian Johnson knows this. He can beat his anxiety attacks because of the saving power of Jesus Christ. And you know, Jesus can give you hope in the middle of your worry, your fear, and your anxiety as well. It starts when you surrender your heart and your life to him. And we can help you do just that. Learn more at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And in just a minute, Brian's going to share how he got inspiration for a song after running out of words to pray during a panic attack. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Historians will probably call this present era in the Western world that we're living in the age of anxiety. Billy Graham. This generation is dying, not from external pressures, but from internal combustion. In other years, men feared death. Today, they seem to fear life. The Bible indicates that the Christian life is a life of conflict and warfare. God has never promised to remove our troubles, problems, and difficulties, but God has promised His peace, a sense of assurance and security in the midst of trouble and conflict. What we need to do is to get our eyes on Christ, idolize Him, worship Him. He will never fall nor fail. This gives life its balance, its security, and its peace. The truly happy Christian is the Christian who is fully and wholeheartedly committed to Christ, even though he may be in a prison cell. Be that kind of a follower of Christ. If you will do this, life will take on new meaning and zest. And you can say with Paul, for me to live is Christ. His grace, his peace, his assurance, his security will be mine. There is a lot to glean from that message, and you can hear it in its entirety at the Billy Graham Audio Archives. To get there, just go to BillyGrahamRadio.org, then click on Billy Graham Audio Archives, and in the search window, search for Fear 1960. That's Fear, F-E-A-R, 1960. Our guest on this episode of GPS has been Bethel Music's Brian Johnson. And as we mentioned earlier, Brian has co-written a handful of really popular worship songs over the past few years. So we asked him if he has a favorite. I think my favorite songs probably are um, the song Forever and then the New and Living Hope. The New and Living Hope is actually after my that season, breakdown season, and I wrote it with a friend, Phil Wickham. The lyric goes... In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. That's that first verse. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into 
Sometimes that's all you can do is just put his name on your lips. And, and there were moments where, like, you know, you're out of verbiage, you're out of words to pray. And all you have to do is say his name. And I remember sitting out by my field, by my house, just, I mean, I am like, I am at the end. I just don't even know what to do. And just saying his name over and over, you know, and I'm here right now because of it. So I think that line in the song is a pretty uh, special to me personally. It's a very special story that Brian has, and we are very grateful that he shared it with us, a very personal story uh, regarding his own journey, along with sharing his music, too. We're very grateful, and uh, you can read more about Brian's testimony in the book he wrote. It's called When God Becomes Real. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. We would love to hear from you with your thoughts, your comments, ideas about this podcast. And you can do that by sending us an email. Our address is gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. He's overcome all. Oh.